Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And we're getting higa, you know? A little bit. A little bit. I just, it's, it's gotta be coming. <laughs> Fall has to be. I need it so much. Summer's been the longest thing and also the least thing. It's and it's been so hot. So hot. It's so hot. We live in Washington and we don't much care for these temperatures. <laughs> They're not welcome here. <laughs> Y'all came come go back where you came from. Yes. What are you doing? Uh, so we're we're getting we're getting hygge as we can. I, I'm wearing my cardigan, my trusty favorite cardigan and i'm i'm sipping on some trader joe's chai i have the, the tea the the candy cane I'm sipping the tea <laughs> <laughs> candy yeah. cane lane candy cane lane leftover from christmas christmas because well, i didn't want to have anything caffeinated i had too much caffeine today and, yeah and you know peppermint is great for just a nice chill out yeah it's great so tell me, uh, so first before we get into 5 Minute Masters yeah. actually, so this is probably going to be a slightly shorter episode. It's a special episode, it's the specialist because it's the shortest. Yeah, we're going to try to keep this one brief. We're recording on a weeknight, which we don't normally do, um, and we're just a little tired, so we're just going to keep the vibes chill. Yeah, we, we couldn't be bothered for a whole episode. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we got, got a lot going on. I know. As much as it's pandemic, we got these busy lives still. My life's busier than ever. Yep. So, but but we want to do something. So, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me you're fine and I'm So, as you know, but our audience does not know, I am venturing into the world of custom, or not custom, uh, bespoke polyhedral dice they're really exciting and lovely i'm i'm very having fun it's great it's a great hobby so i'm gonna talk to you about platonic solids oh boy <laughs> <laughs> and and the audience and you may be wondering what do those have in common uh-huh well the platonic solids are associated with uh polyhedrons or uh the 3d ones mm-hmm Whatever the word is. I think that's the one. Yeah. I have to pull up the... <laughs> the Multi-sided little... shapes. Yeah. Um, they are regular convex polyhedrons. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Plato was like, there's elements in the world. Thanks, Plato. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, I guess. And he's like, well, what if fire was a tetrahedron? <laughs> Okay, it's sharp. you have lost me already, Plato. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, back then, people were just in too many different little pots. They hadn't agreed on a lot of things. Well, that and also they were like, I'm going to be a scientist, a philosopher, a mathematician. Right. Well, there was so little to any of those disciplines that you could really stack them. Yeah. And also there was just, there were just a lot more fluid, you know? Yeah. When you were making it up as you go. <laughs> They're loose, all related. Goosey. You know, I just, uh, I just rewatched As Above, So Below, and uh -huh. that's a fun found footage horror movie about alchemy. So this I'm is sort it. of, this is sort of alchemy adjacent. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, the platonic solids, uh, I, there's a, there's a lot. 
and I can't get too far into it because it's just too much. Um, but he hypothesized them as elements and also shapes, as one does. As Plato was wont to do. Yes. Um, but I wrote notes, but <laughs> not okay. very, not very good. That's okay. We're not very good today. So Earth was associated with the cube. Cube Earth. Cube Earth. Not because of the shape, but because it's like sort of sturdy. It's a sturdy and solid shape. Though I would argue a pyramid is sturdier. Yeah, but the pyramid is sharp, so it's fire. <laughs> We're really playing fast and loose with these important qualities. That's what they did because <laughs> they were early in time. Uh, these were, there were, there was intuitive justification for these associations. The heat of fire feels sharp and stabbing, like little tetrahedra. Yeah. Air is made of the octahedron its minuscule components are so smooth that one can barely feel it because you see you can't feel the air right it's so smooth like an octahedron exactly (laughs) this is just like (laughs) such not like you didn't have to do this plato nobody made you and i don't know if all of this is like his bits but it's like all the bits that have been sort of i'm so curious to what end he, he determined these things. Well, let's keep reading. Yeah. Water is the icosahedron. I don't know what that is. It flows out of one's hand when picked up. I have no idea what that as, shape is. As if it is made of tiny little balls. I have no idea what this shape is. I have, I haven't the foggiest. Well, let me click the link and I'll show you the picture. Is it like the a icosahedron? Sphere? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't show it there. Oh, well, it'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. That one, I, I don't, I should have done better research, but. I mean, who did you owe this to? <laughs> our, our, our very good listeners. They're so patient with us. Um, by contrast, a highly non-spherical solid, the hexahedron or cube, represents Earth. These clumsy little solids cause dirt to crumble and break when picked up in stark difference to smooth flow of water. What a very cute description. I know. Those clumsy little shapes. And then there was the fifth one. The fifth element. Oh my god, is it love? Um, so Plato was not the responsible for the fifth one. Aristotle was. Ugh. Uh, and it's Aether. <laughs> Okay, ether, sure. It's the bits in between. The ether, you know. And was it a shape? Um, a dodecahedron. Justification? Uh, God used it for (laughs) arranging the constellations on the whole heaven. Thanks, Aristotle. Actually, I think Plato, wait, maybe, yeah, 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 Aristotle. I love that guy. fun guy. Yeah, he's... Pretty much the worst. Pretty much the worst one. But shapes. I might. There might be a better. A better picture. I just. Well, have what to a find fascinating it. concept that seems to have no application. Here we go. Here's. Uh, there is Earth. Okay, it's a cube with a tree on it. Yep, and there is water. Yeah. Oh, it's got a lobster. Fun. Yeah. Then we got air. Very. Birds. So that's the roly? No, no, that's no. the that's, that's the <laughs> the f- <laughs> what word? 
I don't. I can't keep track of this. It's nonsense. the one where you can't touch it very much. Right. You know how you can't touch that shape? It's pointy, it, but not so pointy as to hurt you. It's I would so- argue otherwise. It's a D8, basically. Yep. It's a D8. It's air. It's air is a D8. And See, I tell you, those can hurt. Look how so much fire there. I mean, I will. Yes. That shape is very pointy. Uh, Will threw his at me once. The sharp one that I'm making, it's so pointy that it like it's impossible. I and then there's the heavens. Sure, yeah. Will Will was playing with his very pointy and heavy metal. Oh D4, yeah, the metal ones. And it hit my phone screen and chipped my screen cover. So that was nice. <laughs> um, there's so much more. You could literally. Go so far into these shapes. I why would one do that though? Oilers involved and what is it for though? Well, because it's not all like there's geometric properties. Um, but what is it for? There's numbers. There's symmetries. <laughs> these guys needed to figure out what was important to think about. Well, I mean, this is like the history of the shape. So it's like um, how nature's involved. Like there are dinoflagellates that are in shapes of iso iso the ones <laughs> <laughs> my oh my related polyhedra and polytrope like it's 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 a really long article yeah. on the wikipedia well i'm sure we're all gonna read up on it yeah and learn a I lot <laughs> yep mm-hmm. all right well i'm gonna tell you about something also from history <laughs> so I actually meant to talk about this um, on last episode, but I ended up doing a different one. Um, so y- you may have seen in recent news that the uh, the Ghent altarpiece has undergone some new restoration just very recently, and th- people are freaked out by what the Lamb of God looks like. <laughs> oh, I think yes, 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 yes. So I'm going to tell you uh, some history about the Ghent altarpiece first, because it is a very important and really remarkable piece of art. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what the whole goddamn thing looks like. and <laughs> The whole goddamn thing? Yes, the whole goddamn thing. Uh, so um, for the uninitiated, an altarpiece is... Um, <clears throat> work of art with multiple panels it generally has two doors on the front that fold in and then it folds to an open state it sits on an altar um and it's just for worship uses and they're often at least the the renaissance ones are like a little trippy they're super ornate and crazy (laughs) the crazier your altarpiece the fancier you were it was a big (laughs) deal all the fancy men had to have their fanciest altarpieces sometimes you you would have your artist actually incorporate you and your family into Mm, the altarpiece mm -hmm. so lots of different panels depicting different things so this is the gent altarpiece closed yep that's the that's the big famous one the biggest most famousest altarpiece and that's it open so yes it is in Ghent, Belgium, painted by um, Jan van Eyck uh, and his brother Hubert. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is basically one of the greatest masterpieces of European art. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Uh, painted in the 1420s, so like late medieval, arguably early Renaissance. If you 
believe that that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) There is a good argument to be made that all of those labels are nonsense, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, that's all art, though. (laughs) Well, and just, like, historical periods. It's just like, how are you drawing a line? Yeah, and who drew it? Yeah, people with biases. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about what the Middle Ages are. Oh, so much tea. Okay. I'm following that medievalism Twitter. Uh, So, the sort of, one of the most prominent panels in the Ghent altarpiece is in, on the inside, in the middle, on the bottom. Mm Because that's, you know, eye level. That's the big, like, scene. Yeah, right above that you have... Um, you know, Mary and Jesus and the God, the father, it's like a whole thing. But the scene in this middle panel on the bottom is, um, where the altarpiece gets its real name from the adoration of the mystic lamb, mm-hmm. uh, is actually what it's called. <laughs> People just call it the Ghent altarpiece cause it's easier. easier to say. It's like, well, yeah, you know, the altarpiece in Ghent, the important one. Uh, so... The Adoration of the Mystic Lamb. This panel is, it's the middle of it has this very mystic lamb. <laughs> and that's a whole Christian iconography thing. And it's being adored by uh, lots of saints and things. Um, but just recently, this, it, uh, so it was actually in the 50s that art historians first started to realize this was painted over. This lamb used to look different. Uh, it was starting to uncover a second set of ears that had been covered up that were lower down from the ears that were more visible. They're like, oh shit, somebody painted over this lamb. Um, but just recently, they've been able to fully uncover the true lamb. I'm so excited. (laughs) And I'll show you this lamb. I mean, it's not as wild as people would have you believe. No, but it doesn't look like a real lamb. It looks like kind of like a, like a like a cat horse. Well, yeah, one or dragon. The ears are smaller and lower down, and it's got front-facing eyes. Um, it's believed that it was uh, in the 16th century. I think that somebody decided to paint over it to maybe make it more naturalistic looking based on the preferred style of the day. Mm-hmm. Of course, at that time, conservation wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Nobody thought, well, no, this is a great work of art and we need to keep it the same way for posterity. They're like, ugh, that looks fucking weird. Let's fix it. Uh, <laughs> so they did. Um, but this lovely crazy lamb has just been recently uncovered and you can see it with your own eyeballs. Uh, but... Now, I, I, I recall from my art history courses in college, and of course this was some time ago now. We're not going to count right now because it hurts too much. It hurts too much. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it's getting longer ago by the moment. Uh, but uh, I believe that this whole, like, Lamb of God thing, like, it was often depicted with these weird front-facing eyes. To sort of like distinguish it. It's a special it. one, yeah. It's like yeah. a god It's lamb. not a real lamb. Yeah. It's a god lamb. So yeah. it has this weird slightly human face to mm-hmm. sort of differentiate it from but a regular also, lamb. But also, art, art historically, <laughs> a lot of animals had weird faces 
True, that w- there was also just the case of, of cats art being bad sometimes. But um, <laughs> in the case of the altarpiece, it's actually known for being like incredibly and remarkably realistic, especially oh, yeah. for the period. Like, and the, and the like full figures are like, yeah, you it, could touch them, right? Especially the figure of Adam on the left hand side is like a huge deal and like a landmark in art history. So I think Van Eyck painted the lamb looking crazy like that very intentionally. Yeah. Um, Because if he needed to, like, Van Eyck could have gotten a model lamb. There were lots of lambs in Ghent, I'm sure. A, yes. (laughs) And B, like, if there weren't, you could get one. Yeah, you could just get a lamb. And lambs probably didn't look like that back then. Otherwise, we would have known. We would have known that lambs had creepy front-facing eyes. Uh, it, it's like it's like the spirit of the forest. Yeah, it's those. It's very eerie and surreal looking, mm-hmm. uh, but that makes it sort of divine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Ghent altarpiece is really cool, and it's it was stolen by Napoleon and Hitler. <laughs> so cool stuff. Bonus facts. <laughs> All right, that's my five minute masters. <laughs> so um, we're just gonna kind of tell you about. Some stuff we've been watching. Uh, yeah. Do you want to want to tell your thing? Yes. So the first one is Teen Wolf. Yeah, Teen Wolf. So I was into Teen Wolf when it was originally airing on the music television network and mm. TV. Um, and season one is bad. Season two is great season three is incredible season four is pretty good and it all falls apart thereafter but i'm on season six because i didn't finish it Mm -hmm. and now i'm finishing it because it's available and it's definitely not good (laughs) but i have a history with the characters i have some feelings about the the remaining original characters Mm -hmm. could care less about these newbies though they're running around werewolves and and chameleon people there's a lot of different kinds of guys in this show tell me about all the different guys so many wonderful guys so the first season's about a monster werewolf who's like fully hulked out hairy okay so we've got like our good regular werewolves that are just like wolf boys yes and there are like not good ones too that are just like wolf people. Uh-huh. But then there's like this monster one. It has a special name. And it's all fully it's wolfed out. Yeah. Because um, it's like special for a reason eventually. Okay. Mm, um, and then there's uh, not vampires. No vampires in this show. No. <laughs> there are werewolf hunters. And they're like a lineage and the the it's a whole like uh, Romeo and Juliet thing with Oh. You know, the werewolf dating the werewolf hunter. Sure. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they eventually in season two, things start to get a little mixed up um, where one of the students is now a banshee. Yeah, she seems cool. She's the so best So she character. got turned into a banshee? No, it's she was always a banshee. Okay. Her, her banshee powers sort of unlock... I believe her grandmother was a banshee. So what is a banshee in Teen Wolf? Because it's not what a banshee is in folklore. No. The thing about Teen Wolf is they're like, let's do folklore and then put it in California, make it hot, and then make it weirder. (laughs) (laughs) So like the vampire, or why do I keep saying vampires? The werewolves have special powers. I told you about their claws. Mm. You can like stick them into the, at least the alpha. I'm not sure if the other ones can do it. 
stick them into the back of someone's neck and live their memories. That's a really unique thing that it's, I've never heard it's of. It's kind of cool. Um, but the Banshee in this lore uh, has the screaming, which is great. Love it. Um, and there's the sort of like association with death, like predicting it and remembering it and like communicating with the dead ghosts stuff like that but also sort of like seancey and like memory things and at one point in this season she was trying to figure out what happened to their friends who keep disappearing and them forgetting them and so they put a flashlight under this piece of glass that was mystically turned green by a magic gun and she sort of zones mm-hmm. out and does some automatic writing <laughs> i wonder how many people are still with you <laughs> This season, yes, it gets a little weird. But in the good seasons, there's some other. There's um, a, um, I'm I might get the name wrong because it's been a long time since I watched it. Uh, like a, a um, Kenema, which is like a lizard werewolf mm. with like poison that paralyzes you. Hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a um. Brazilian or, or South American kind of hmm. um, mm-hmm. lork. They were they werewolf. Yeah. Um, and there's various other sort of like werewolfy types of creatures. Um, uh, we get a kitsune eventually. There's Very berserkers. Berser- okay, tell me what that is in Teen Wolf. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh-huh. Um, but they're like... Bone covered monsters. Okay, that's pretty much just made up then. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's been like I said, been a while. Yeah. There's skinwalkers. Mm. Um Yeah. And then there's um now we're seeing the the ghost riders, which are with the wild hunt. They're pretty interesting because you expect some sort of like European fairy kind of thing, but and they're then they're zombie cowboys. They're cowboys with magic guns and whips. It's great. They're cowboys, and I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, um, there's this, this. I think it's season three or the beginning of season four. There's like this really incredible storyline that has a lot to do with mental health and um, and stuff like that, and. That's where the kitsune, I think, originally comes in. But there's like this other dark spirit from um, Japanese, I think, mythology. That and that's the when the show's at its best. Hmm. Um, there's where coyote. It's everything. And then the thing about this season is there's a physics teacher who is actually a Nazi werewolf from 1945. <laughs> so are werewolves like do they live longer than no this guy's got experimented on by these immortal dread doctors (laughs) okay and they're the enemies of season five and they're not good um they're kind of bad but it's a fun show i recommend getting through season four and then like 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 all good shows just let it go. Burn it. Just once it start, once it goes bad, just send it away. But I'm enjoying the mindlessness of this. Yeah, sometimes you need that. You definitely, it's great to just put something on that you don't have to think about. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of rewatching of old stuff for that reason lately. I've been so tired, I've been so tired <laughs> that I can't watch anything new. 
speaking of which, if you have finished with Teen Wolf. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only other thing about Teen Wolf is people are rabid about the ships. Oh, yeah. It's made for that. Yeah. Absolutely made for that. It's just a bunch of hot teenagers, quote unquote teenagers, mm -hmm. running around snarling at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, one thing that I recently rewatched, and I'm just so glad I did, was Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. uh, so, this film came out in, gosh, let me, let me look this up. It, I have loved this movie since I was a kid. Um, it is in the style, uh, so it came out, God, it came out in 1993, can't believe that um so it is like in the style of bruce tim's you know batman the animated series uh it's associated with that cartoon show but it is more mature than the cartoon was allowed to be as a you know children's warner brothers television show um it's a very cool film if you haven't seen it just fucking watch it it's the best batman film hands down like i will not listen to anything otherwise but there what about batman versus dracula that <laughs> one's not bad i like that one okay i haven't seen that one <laughs> but you know there are some other really great animated ones i definitely enjoy some of the live action ones not all of the live action ones but um you know dark knight is is a fantastic film batman mask of the phantasm is the best batman film so it is, um, it's sort of got a split timeline. Um, it, there's a lot of flashing back to Bruce Wayne's college years. Um, when he met a young woman named Andrea, who is super fucking great and cool. They have this great sort of like 1930s style banter. It like the great like old talky rom-coms mm -hmm. of like the 30s and 40s great chemistry this is the best fucking batman like love interest story <laughs> there is uh and you know he wants to be with her but he's like just starting to be batman at this time in his life um we're flashing back from sort of present day with like fully established grown batman and andrea has come back into his life um, something happened between them. It went bad. And so we're getting flashbacks to their story as it unfolded. And uh, Andrea's father was like a businessman who got mixed up with the mob. And, uh, but, you know, Bruce is dealing with this, like, you know, I, I am committed to doing this Batman thing, but I love Andrea and I don't think I can do both. What do I do? And it handles that dilemma for him better than anything I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, it often just feels, like, disingenuous or just kind of dumb or boring. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this case, there's... It is the... So, there's a, there's a moment that happens in a lot of Batman movies that this one just defeats them all <laughs> in. The moment where he says... What if I just wasn't Batman? Would that be okay? He is in love with Andrea and he doesn't know what to do. He wants to marry her, but he he feels that he has made this oath to be Batman. And he goes to his parents' grave in the middle of the night and he says, I'm sorry, 
I know that I made this promise, but I didn't know it could be like this. I didn't think I could ever be happy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's begging the spirits of his dead parents to release him from his oath. And it's like the lightning crashes mm-hmm. and he's like, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like, oh no, this boy is really broken. <laughs> like he feels like a real person. You know, mm-hmm. Batman animated series Bruce Wayne feels like a like a dude. Like he has a sense of humor and a life. And he's not just, you know, pretending to be a human when he's not being Batman. Mm-hmm. Like he's a really great well-rounded character. And to see him have this breakdown it's like shit (laughs) and of course kevin conroy is the best batman actor ever there's a great joker but you know joker's uh not like the main bad guy but he's in it also and of course it's mark hamill Mm -hmm. doing his thing it's it's exceptionally good i don't want to tell you i don't want to give away the very good twist because i think everyone should just watch it but there's a really good twist Uh, The Joker gets to make some naughty jokes, which Cartoon Joker doesn't usually get to do. (laughs) He's really charming and fun. um, And it's very interesting because he's not like the main antagonist of this one. He's sort of part of the plot. He's pretty crucial to it. But it's not like gotta stop the Joker time. He's just minding his own business. (laughs) He's doing his own thing. (laughs) Uh... But I just, you know, Batman the Animated Series was such a really, really, really good thing. And this is, like, the best of that. So, you know, if you're a little fatigued by these contemporary Batsman, <laughs> the various plural Batsman, and all of their sad, sad shenanigans, <laughs> go back to 1993, because there's something very good waiting for you. Uh it is on Netflix, I think. So it's very, very easy to watch. But I have the DVD. <laughs> and it's one of those wretched double-sided DVDs that I can't oh, countenance. no. I hate it. I never know what to do when I pick one of those up. <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think we had Austin Powers double-sided. I hate them. They're the worst thing anyone ever conceived. Like, you know what? Just print two discs. The, the plastic is worth an eighth of a cent. You can print two discs. Come on. <laughs> Garbage. Nobody wants full screen anyway. Fuck off. I know we conceived this episode of the things we've been watching separately, but there are a couple things we've come together on. Sure, let's talk about that a little. So, one, we came together separately on The NeverEnding Story. Yes! So that was another one of those late night rewatches I did. I watched The NeverEnding Story and I'm like, this is... Now, here's my, here's my controversial hot take. It's pretty okay. Sizzling <laughs> <laughs> so hot. Well, some people get real mad at me for saying well, that. Because it's like the childhood movie. But it wasn't part of my goddamn childhood. Oh. I got no rose-colored glasses for this movie. Oh, okay. I saw it for the first time when I was like, I don't know, 17. And I was like, I that's all right, I guess. It's been done better since. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, we learned about them while watching them. They're German. Yeah, we didn't know this. They were made in Germany or in something. English. Yeah, they're English language German films. Very interesting stuff. All three of them. All three of them. So, so Everending Story One is on Netflix. 
Never Ending Story 2 is, is on also Netflix. on Netflix. Never Ending Story 3 is... On YouTube. Only YouTube. Just and I don't think it's officially on YouTube. I it think just it's a, happens to it be. It just happens to be there. So don't, don't call any attention to it or it might disappear forever. <laughs> yeah. But I showed you the second one. Because I'd never seen it. Most haven't. It's... Just as okay as the first one, I think. I would say slightly less okay. There's a little bit more of a plot and less of, like, all these different things that are sort of coinciding together. And, like, I don't like... there's a villain. There's a villain. I will say, because they've had to obviously recast a lot of the characters. Every single one. Bastion is older. Atreyu is different. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The childlike empress is very different. Uh So I don't... I don't like him as much. The kid who the kid who plays Bastion is a cute little gay. And <laughs> just like just yeah, so, just in the most eighties of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just this little preteen twink, mm-hmm. and we like that. <laughs> With like the hair, the eighties hair, hair. The hair is like he should, so he, androgynous. I don't think he has an earring, but he should. There's like a glint that like they like they like. Edited it out in post. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the childlike empress has a perm. Has a perm. Um, the the rock guy has a baby now. Yeah, yeah. There, and there's a villain. There is a villain, and she's really the star of the show. She is. She is all of the 1989 glamour. Yes, she has full red sequin dress with. Huge shoulders. They're 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 not pads. They're like boxes. They're like epaulette. Like big wings. Like see how far? Well, they can't see. I'm stretching my arms out to each side. It's a wingspan, and that's how far it goes. It's as wide as she is tall. It's enormous. Uh, she's got this makeup. The 1989 makeup. Yeah, and she's on a chair that's all thorns, and it spins. She's got her little henchman guys. It's kind. It's very Power Rangers. Oh, it's so Power Rangers. Especially when I was making you watch Power Rangers Turbo. Mm-hmm. It's very her mm-hmm. from Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is. Um, you know, it's that plot where the the gullible good child is being led astray uh, and turns on his friends because he's been deceived. That old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> that old thing. Even Falcor's been recast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I would recommend seeing the second one if you've seen the first one and you have good feelings about it. Skip maybe the third unless you're like especially cruel to yourself like I am. We haven't watched it, uh, but I we'll understand Jack Black is in it. It is one of Jack Black's earlier films. He must be very young. So if you really want to destroy your childhood, definitely watch the third one because it's Bastion in high school. So take that with the biggest grain of salt. Yeah. It's a salt cavern. You know, it is kind of funny to me how little Bastion is in the first one. And and his dad's like, you know... It's time for you to grow up. And it's like, this kid looks too little to be walking to school by himself. <laughs> like, he's a child. Yeah. He's allowed to still read fairy tales. The cool thing about the second one is the dad, like, has a transformation where he's like, yes. oh shit, I should love my son, maybe. I should appreciate his creativity and imagination. Especially since we're all each other has. Yeah, because mom died in between movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. I like it. Yeah, no, 
there's some good stuff in there. I mm-hmm. mean, it's cheesy as hell and not super well made, but and, it's got and, great... and it's got good sad parts, but maybe not as sad as Artax stuck in the swamp. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I can't deal with that. And it just feels so out of nowhere. It's a little very sad. See, that's that's what it is about Neverending Story that I just can't quite get fully on board with it. Is like it. And maybe maybe the book is better. Yeah. But like it feels like it's like trying to do the hero's journey thing, but they don't really know how it works. So maybe like, that's the translation of the German team. Yeah, it's oh no. Well, because like the 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 swamp, like the whole fucking point of it is just like, don't be sad. And it's like that's a hell of a thing. <laughs> like, no, the only way to make it through is to deny your feelings and not get sad at all. It's like a child can't a child is not so, is supposed to learn not to be sad <laughs> that's one of their three emotions <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's super unhealthy yeah. like no artax died because he succumbed to his depression he allowed himself to become so this horse got so fucking sad he drowned in the mud what? What the fuck? Never ending story. That, that's nothing. It's just me. The second one, though, has a bird person who is a bad person and spying, but then sees a memory of Bastion and his, and his mom, mom and, and he starts crying. And he's like, oh no, I gotta do better. I gotta be a good person. And then he turns good and helps Bastion, and I like that. Yeah, it's called learning. <laughs> yes, I like a redeemed villain. <laughs> Although not a particularly nefarious villain. No, he's just hanging out. <laughs> just a bird. Just a bird. That that like bird suit is extremely uncanny. It's very good though. It's so funny because he's you either you can see the human eyes inside it. Like like the eyes of the bird suit are the human eyes. <laughs> but the rest is all bird face construction. And so it makes these expressions like the the rest of the face doesn't move but then you just see this human eyes darting around like oh fuck like what oh no oh shit like like these eyes just like oh <laughs> and it's really funny oh and then there's the four elemental spirits oh yeah they are very brief very briefly in it Extremely and they're brief. all like cool mystic like uh, circus people, except for the one that's Earth, which is like this bubbling mud monster that looks like it's made out of shit. It's so gross. It's like an anthropomorphic poop emoji. It's like the shit demon from Dogma. Oh, it so is. That's what we should rewatch Dogma. We should rewatch Dogma. Yeah, it's good. Um. Also. I'm going to briefly mention the other thing we've been watching, yeah. but I think we will save an in-depth for eventually. Mm-hmm. Just a little teaser for eventually. Uh, we've I, I've been rewatching and I've been introducing Ashley to Misfits. Misfits. We will want to do, but th- we're, we've got several seasons to go, so don't hold your breath on that one. But I would rather talk about it once we're done yeah. rather than talk about it prematurely. But yeah. we're... In season two. So maybe you could watch it along with us. Yeah. That one's on Hulu, right? That one's on Hulu. It's very fun. It's extremely fun. Like, and it barely feels dated. It barely does. And the dated stuff, you're like, oh, they're bad people. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, you look at their fashion and you're like, all right, it's like, what, 2004? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's that old. It might be. I don't think it is. Well, okay, so it's England, so they're a little bit behind. <laughs> but the fashion is at least American. 
2004. They got these little cell phones. Yeah. It's little cell phones. But it's great. It's cute. Robert Sheehan is Robert Sheehaning around. Yeah, but the star of the show. Kelly. The other star of the oh, show. They're, so, they're all so great in their own yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. But my favorite is you and Rian. Yes. You and Rian. However, I, that said. It's with an I. Yeah, I think it's Welsh. You and Rian. Good luck. It's Welsh. Uh, he's delightful at all times. Uh-huh. Especially Even when he's being really creepy. Because no matter how creepy he is, he's not Ramsey Bolton creepy. Yep. If that's the only thing you've seen him in, go watch Misfits. You're gonna love him. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. Yeah, you can see. You know how powerful it is because I know him from Misfits mm-hmm. first, and I'm in, obsessed and in love. And you know him well. I barely know him. You from barely Game know of him Thrones. from Game of Thrones, but you're sort of coming later to yeah. to him here to and, the you and Rian party. Yeah, and he's just gorgeous, adorable funny yeah he's really funny and he's awkward. just such a great subtle actor like awkward. he's got so awkward he does these facial expressions these extremely subtle facial oh expressions my gosh, yeah and yeah. his chin his jawline <laughs> is made of like volcanic glass <laughs> <laughs> all right let's not get carried away yeah we said we weren't gonna talk about it yeah and also, we said it was going to be a short episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's to say? I have no concept of how long we've been talking. Were we watching something else? Were you watching something else? I've been watching different stuff every night. I, I don't think know. I'm end up my list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I rewatched uh, Secret of Nim also. That's pretty good. It's another one of those, it's pretty good fantasy movies. That one traumatized me as a child. It's the, it's the probably the most traumatizing Bluth one. Yeah. The owl, I was, I thought the owl was a living in my blinds. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's funny because like as scary as the owl is, it doesn't do anything bad or mean at all. No, it's just, it's, it's just really scary because you're seeing it from the eyes of a mouse. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. The animation is really lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's super fucking weird, though. Yeah. As an adult, great. I don't know who would make their child watch that. Yeah, it was the 80s. It was People the only option. People just had their children watch the, scary shit. It was shit. the only option, really. They didn't have a concept of movies for kids. Also, is All Dogs Go to Heaven, like, messed up? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's messed up. It's fucked up. It's for sure fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the Bluth cartoons are to some degree. Yeah. Which is why we like them, but... Maybe why they shouldn't be inherited. With care. With you care. know, pass them on with care. Yeah, maybe a 12-year-old. There, There's there's good things in there, but they're pretty weird. Yeah. They're pretty fucking weird. But I love them. I love cartoons. I just love lots of... I don't of... want to watch Titan AE. Well, let's turn this recording off and watch Titan AE. <laughs> we... Okay. <laughs> we should probably finish the episode. Yeah, well, we're done, right? Okay. Do you have a... <laughs> well, this is basically an episode of recommendations, but do you have a recommendation Yes, I think you'll you'll um, second this recommendation. Yes. Show Pony. Uh, absolutely. By Orville Peck. It's short and sweet and perfect. It is. There's something for everybody. There's a sad Johnny Cash-esque number. Uh-huh. No Glory in the West. There's a duet with Shania Twain. Can't argue with that. There is a cover of Fancy, and it will melt your brain out your ears. 
And it like the thing about it though is it's like because a man is singing it. And it's all exactly the same lyrics except he changes half grown girl to half grown boy and that is it. Does he even do that? Yes. And that's what blows my mind because he says that there's like a woman standing there where a half grown boy used to be. Yes. So it's that it's it becomes sort of a um trans and or like drag, drag narrative. Yeah. Which is just perfect it, for It's everything. It's yeah. It's perfect for the world yeah. and our lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, also very sad news. You reminded me by thinking of drag. Um, mm, yeah. One of the Drag Race contestants uh, died today. Um, Chichi Devane. Mm-hmm. Just the most congenial and just like badass, cool, nice, all of it. Like you, uh, people say that stuff like that when people die, but like right, but it's really true. Yeah. Um. So. That was really, and I knew she had been sick, but it was just so, so, so sad. So young. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a little thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, well, I will give you my little recommendation. It is a fun YouTube channel called Tasting History. <laughs> uh, I had meant to check this out for a while, but I finally uh, took the plunge because this gentleman decided to try to make garum uh so that doesn't sound good <laughs> basically what he, he's a he's a food historian that sounds like a that sounds like a fighting game character garum yeah <laughs> um he's a food historian he basically like researches and then tries to recreate historical cooking okay mm-hmm. and garum was the condiment of choice for ancient romans oh no and it is a fermented fish liquid that's just all the ancient condiments were fish yeah i mean hey you know what fermented fish sauces are still a popular choice and if you don't have a food processor what else can you do (laughs) you know there's it's still very much a thing today and so he made the ancient roman version of it um but he's got all kinds of stuff you know he makes recipes from this you know the, the first known english cookbook and you know (laughs) recreates the the fossilized bread from pompeii all that cool stuff um so and he's just really cute and funny like he's just got a great sense of humor and makes it very interesting you know he'll tell you how to make it and then like he's like while it cooks i'll tell you a little bit of the history of it and he's really fun uh so so yeah if that is your boat it'll float it All right, let's wrap this sucker up. We should end this. (laughs) End ourselves. Okay. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. If you have some opinions that differ from ours in regards to the never-ending story, please let us know on Twitter at LitMeritPod. We also post updates and news there. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until the very next time... Remember, no no guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.